Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. I have not looked outside. I know you have. Is it sunny at all out there? I didn't see any sunshine. Ain't got no sunshine. Well, that'd be another song we could sing. Ain't got no sunshine. <laughs> when you're I think that is a song. Uh, mostly cloudy today. That's what the forecast calls for. Daytime high of 42. Right now, it is 36. Moving up a little bit. 36, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 34 to Highlands. 36 in Elm Grove. And 35 here at the uh, Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Uh, 909 on the Watchdog Morning Show. Join us if you'd like to, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, or you are welcome to use the Frio Stack Auction Service phone line at uh, 304-232-8255. A couple of stories if we have a chance I want to get into before the day is over and done with. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, uh, Youngstown State University students apparently planning a protest over uh, Bill Johnson's appointment as president up there. We'll talk about what might happen there. Also, uh, continuing our note uh, of this being the 25th anniversary week of The Sopranos. And uh, i got a couple of little tidbits to share with you on that. And John Devlin from the Willing Symphony is coming up in a minute or two. You said they've got a Time Magazine Person of the Year? They do, Howard. And uh, I'll give uh, you no, one let clue. Me, let me, um, Taylor Swift. Bingo. Oh, oh, am I right? The clue that I was going to give you is uh, this past summer, even you and I paid tribute to this person of the year. Remember, we did a because of uh, Garen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She right, yeah. Uh, she said uh, she wanted to go to the concert. Remember, that was when everybody was looking for the ticket. Right. But yes, we did our little tribute to Taylor I didn't Swift. I steal your thunder. I actually, I thought I was making a joke. No, you hit it right on the money. She is like the queen of the world these days. She really is, and then she's dating a you know a famous football player. That doesn't hurt, I guess. But uh, yeah, she's out there. Yeah, but who gets who gets value from that? The football player, not her. Yes, I would say the NFL. Everybody probably, but her. I hope I didn't mess our guest up, Howard. I don't know if you noticed. I went out in the hall. I thought our guest maybe came in, but that was the uh, del- delivery guy. But when I did, came, I get a, did I get a package or anything? Someone did. When I came in, the phone was ringing, and I went to it. I hope he calls back. So if you can maybe send him a text, I, okay. I missed his call. All right, I will do that. Uh, also, um, my weather snob sends me a picture from outside. It's uh, blue skies and sunshine. Oh, it's a sunshine. <laughs> Couldn't tell by the temperature in here. Sunny as all right now, says the uh, Mr. Weather Snob. All right, boy, oh, boy, he lets me know it every single day uh, when we have things wrong. Um, right, let me, I'll send a text off uh, to see if uh, John Devlin is uh, – I, I suspect it might have been somebody else. I think he'll probably give us a call, but we'll see about that. Um, can we do a quick Sopranos update? We can, but I don't have the music That's for it. Right. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Get up this morning, got myself a gun. There we go. Uh, that's that's it. Uh, this is the 25th anniversary week of The Sopranos, and so I just thought each day I've been trying to do a little something about that. They had a big 25th anniversary celebration in New York yesterday, Bob. Michael Gandolfini was the star of the show, so to speak. He was the key note speaker and the key guest, who, of course, was uh, James Gandolfini's son and also... Uh, played um, Tony Soprano 
in what was the name of the show? Many Saints, Saints of Newark. yeah, Newark, yeah, Many you Saints got it. Newark, is this it? Yeah, we got it. Now we're grooving, Howard. tried to play uh, uh, Tony Soprano, uh, as was done by his dad. He said he didn't try to mimic his dad's acting ability so much as his uh, motions. He says he said there were very specific motions he thought that Tony Soprano had that he tried, uh, Michael Gandolfini tried to imitate in many saints. Uh, he also said, which I thought was interesting, that um, he watched his dad's eyes, because he said uh, James Gandolfini, uh, Tony Soprano, uh, used his eyes in you know in particular ways, and so J- Michael Gandolfini said he tried to learn from that, which I thought was interesting. When that uh, movie first came out, you and I were excited about it, but there was mixed reviews. But yeah. I think all the reviews were favorable for Michael Gandolfini. Yeah. They said he did. I don't, and I don't think they were just trying to be nice. I think I think he nailed the part. I, I thought he was the young Tony Soprano. It, I gave it a, I mean a B plus. It was not. But then again, how you know it's 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 trying to be a prequel to the greatest TV drama of all time. You, you can't begin to try and match that. Do you know how David Chase got the idea? You probably do because you read this stuff. How David Chase got the idea for The Sopranos? I think I I think he, I heard him reference his mother. His mother wasn't very nice to him, kind of like That's Olivia it. to Tony Soprano. See, I I never heard that before. This is one of the stories making us round today or this week because of the 25th anniversary. Um, David Chase says that the inspiration behind The Sopranos was his mother, and he said when he started out, he thought about making a comedy about it, but the more he thought about it, that didn't seem to make sense. His wife, Denise, had long been convinced, David Chase's wife, Denise, had long been convinced his mother was comedy gold. It's gold, Jerry, gold. And that other people would see it, too. Uh, She wasn't the only one who thought of this. Many colleagues on TV shows he was working on would say the same thing when they heard stories about his mother. But he didn't know how to make it work, so when he finally decided to do it, instead he changed it from a comedy to a drama. And instead of a ha-ha-ha mother, it became a... uh, crazy overbearing mother who then of course turned into olivia soprano who she was a tremendous character it is sad that um oh i forget the actress's name and i should know marshawn yeah uh, she was she was really good and that is something we'll never know there either howard if she wouldn't have gotten sick stayed healthy maybe where would the storyline of exactly. went? That's Because that, Olivia wouldn't have died, obviously. Right. I mean, and she was a big player in the first a season and a half, I guess. It was about the second half of the second season she passed away. Nancy Marchand. Nancy Marchand. And one and, of the things that I watched yesterday, uh, some of the deleted scenes was they talked about, they would. it was a set where they had a lot of fun mm-hmm. until she walked on the set. Everybody respected her so much they quit yeah. goofing off. Yeah. Um, the whole series, I think, would have been totally different if uh, if she had lived to play live uh, further on into The Sopranos. Although it certainly gave an interesting twist to Tony Soprano killing his mother or trying to kill his mother. Well, you just read my mind, Howard. There were so many plot twists and, and, and great where you said, man, that's a great idea. That might have been the best one where his mother 
planned to have him wiped out. Yes. He and uh, she and uh, Uncle Junior. Yes, we're going to have loved him, but uh, that's just business, Howard. Just business. Howard, I love you, but you know. I'm sorry, but you got to (laughs) go. You got to go. Well, we saw that a lot uh, during The Sopranos. But anyways, that's that little Soprano tidbit of the day today uh, as we continue to celebrate the 25th anniversary of The Sopranos. Wheeling Symphony is going to be celebrating Harry Potter. Um, What a great franchise that was. uh, And uh, we'll talk about that with John Devlin coming up on the Watchdog Morning Show. Millions plan for retirement online. Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home. And give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere. Allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. A half century of excellence. Three from the right wing is good. You won't find a nicer shot than that. To the basket she goes. She scores and the foul. WVU Women's Basketball celebrates 50 years. Open three. Huge Huge make. make. Kicks it back out. Straight away three. Yes. Listen to Andrew Caridi all season long on your home for Mountaineer Women's Basketball. MSN, the Mountaineer Sports Network. Attention Ohio Valley neighbors. Are you ready to embark on a journey to find your perfect home sweet home? Meet Kelly Kent, your trusted companion in the world of real estate. Step into a world of reliability, trustworthiness, and integrity as Kelly takes you by the hand to explore the possibilities waiting for you in the Ohio Valley. Kelly Kent isn't just a salesperson slash realtor. She's a devoted community member dedicated to enhancing the lives of her neighbors. With a heart for service and a passion for creating lasting connections, Kelly is here to make your real estate dreams come true. Do you have an elderly family member looking to downsize? Kelly specializes in seniors real estate, ensuring a seamless transition to a home that suits your loved one's lifestyle and needs. Kelly Kent understands that a home is more than just four walls. It's a place where memories are made and dreams come alive. Kelly Kent, turning keys, opening doors, and welcoming you to the home you've always imagined. Call today and let the journey begin. Call 304-559-8501. This is Kelly Kent from Cannon and Cannon Realtors. Robert D. Kennan Broker, and I just want to say, let's go Knights. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70, See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. You give your hand to me And then you say hello And I can hardly speak my heart is beating so, and 
can tell You think you know me well But you don't know me You don't know I, I, You guys know me there's not a whole lot about Slider and I that people don't know. I mean, we talked about they it. know us. Yeah, you know we. Uh, some people we talked about in terms of the Secretary of Defense one withhold information. Listen, Bob and I just here we are. Just lay it right out uh, in front of everybody. It's, but you know it's easier that way. And nope, we don't have to worry about what we've said and not said. You know. Speaking of that, Howard, I have to say kudos, great job to Med Express out in Elm Grove. I went there, I spent a couple hours there yesterday, and you it was yourself, fantastic. You pretty good a couple days ago. I did. It was this weekend, and I finally went went to them. And again, what what a gem we have right there in Elm Grove. You just don't know it until something's wrong with you, Howard. Right, right. So, excellent. I mean, it couldn't have been better care, you know, two hours, but, you know, they, they worked on me. It wasn't just sitting there waiting on them. But you did, you, you had to wait a good while. I did. I mean, they're busy. You know, there's other people banged up also, Howard. So, as always, the Bob Slaughter you were reading. I was because you furnished me with great reading material, Howard. A story about a murder in uh, in uh, Charleston. It's good. Bo- it's a good book. Yes. One of these days we're going to get into it. It's a really, really good book. My friend, the former mayor of Charleston, Danny Jones, shows up in there occasionally. He does. You'd asked me. You said it's Danny Jones because the murder took place in 1953. I believe that's the year you were born. Correct. Correct. Okay. So. You know, Danny Jones was either, but they mentioned him on page 157. They mentioned him, and I've never met Danny Jones, Howard, but they refer to him as baby-faced. Is Danny Jones baby-faced? Um, I guess you could say that, maybe, yeah. And, okay. said, and again, there, there has some been, you think Wheeling has had some colorful uh, mayors. Charleston, they could write a whole book on just that, and Danny Jones would take up a few chapters. Well, Danny is the longest-running mayor in Charleston, and uh, and he still is hanging around. And uh, I, I keep meaning—I talked to him not too long ago. We're going to get him on the show one of these days. But anyways, enough of that. Poor John Devlin's been hanging around waiting, and I apologize for that. <laughs> Good morning, John. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, Howard, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, as always. As always, uh, good to have you here uh, with us. How's the season gone so far, Wheeling Symphony? Uh, as you can imagine, we're just about halfway through because, like most arts organizations, we operate on basically an academic calendar from September through May. So we had a beautiful first half of the year. Music Under the Stars is always a big hit, but then the really big highlights, I think, were Sutton Foster coming to Wheeling back in September, and then our Violins of Hope project that took on just a lot of meaning there in October, not only with what it meant to our region to present music by a composer that moved to West Virginia for the first time in history, um, but also to, to celebrate the, the importance of Jewish artists throughout the world. And then Symphony on Ice, we had record sales and record participation from people in our region with the orchestra at that beautiful event. So we're, we're very happy as we head here into 2024, and I hope that you are as well. It is interesting, uh, John, how eclectic this all seasons are, but this particular season seems to have been very eclectic with the Violins of Hope, which is a very meaningful uh, event and uh, and of course you know the, the the traditional things like music under the stars and and symphony on ice. Um, it, it it goes to show that the symphony is more than just an orchestra in a uh, in a concert hall. That's right, and you know um, it's a very strange responsibility that a music director who has you know my type of responsibility is handed um, at the beginning of a time with an orchestra and with a city because you are one of a few finalists you've only been to the city once or twice and then all of a sudden you're the music director of the orchestra there if you're the successful applicant right Um, it takes time to learn the city to learn the audience to understand what the 
um, people who support the orchestra and even the people that don't yet support the orchestra are looking for from their symphony. And so, you know, now this is my fifth year and I realized, okay, the orchestra needs to be many different things for our city because we don't have 19 performing arts organizations. We have just a couple. And so we want to be a place where families can come and celebrate, like for this Harry Potter concert. We want a place that is ev- ev- evoking careful thought about cultural issues, like with um, symphony, excuse me, with a uh, uh, violence of hope. Yeah. But then we also need to celebrate, and that's music under the stars, and that's um, symphony on ice. So we can be all of these things, and finding ways to be um, what the city wants us to be is one of the the top priorities for us as an organization. But you you came in uh, right as the pandemic was coming up as well. You you had to face that too. That's true, and. You know, that was a re- we are creative people. We're artists, right? And one of the things that I think we can do is be responsive to current events. Of course, as you and I talk about a lot, it takes years of planning for some of these concerts, but um, we also ner- understood how to pivot quickly and make sure that music never stopped here in Wheeling as we present for the whole, the whole Ohio Valley. So that was a challenge, but it also gave me a lot of opportunity to create relationships because I spent a lot of time on zoom meetings a lot of time on the phone figuring out what we wanted to be not only during the pandemic but what we should be afterwards and now with sonia films um our new executive director on board we have big plans not just for the rest of this year but we're deep into the planning for next year and uh, the next time you and i talk will probably be um you know close to season announcement time which is really exciting well the um, harry potter uh, concert is coming up you did uh, this sort of thing with um, jurassic park was it just last year or two years ago? It was just last just year. Last year. Okay. Um, where the, the whole movie is played and the symphony plays the score. It's a, I never heard of that concept before. I'm sure it's probably done all over the place. I just never heard of it. I, I found it a fascinating uh, way to enjoy the movie and uh, the music. And you're doing it again with Harry Potter. That's right. Um, I don't think there's a more three-dimensional artistic experience than what everybody can see in the Capitol coming up on Saturday, January 20th. We all gather in movie theaters because it's the best way to watch movies. We gather in symphony orchestra concert halls because it's the best way to hear music. Being able to combine those two things and create the live element of the soundtrack that we love so much from John Williams, um, you and I have talked about how we're such big fans of his uh, in previous conversations, Howard. Um, it, it, it's truly breathtaking. And I went to this exact concert last year when it was happening with the Pittsburgh Symphony because I myself am such a Harry Potter fan and I won't get to quite enjoy it in the same way next weekend. I'll be working. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's vibrant. It's immersive. And one of the things that we kind of hope for is that your attention goes back and forth between watching the movie with rapt attention and then suddenly remembering, oh my gosh, there's a live orchestra down there performing this. And then your attention can shift to what we're doing. The sound is amazing. There'll be 85 people on stage. It is one of the biggest orchestras we can possibly fit in the Capitol to make sure that the sound is exactly what we want it to be for this type of event. It's it's going to be something truly special. Now, since you're a Harry Potter fan, I got to ask a personal question. When you're conducting and waving that wand around, do you think you're Harry Potter with one of his wands? (laughs) 
<laughs> that that is something that I hear an awful lot, Howard. But you can't find a more applicable concert than this one. Um, last year in October, I, I made my debut as Professor Swigglebottom in a, in another Harry Potter themed concert that we did that didn't involve the movies themselves. And I, I, I I'm excited to reprise my role as a as a slightly bumbling member of the Hogwarts faculty. <laughs> there you go, John. I, we talked about this during Jurassic Park, and I just want to talk about yeah. it again. How sure. in the world you coordinate this? Um, it, it seems like an almost unfathomable task for the live orchestra there to be able to to be in sync, quite literally, with yeah. the, the movie that's playing there on screen. So I love coming onto your show because we have such good conversations. And I was hoping you would ask this question, and you did. It is one of the most fascinating things that I've ever had to learn how to do from my job as a conductor. I am sitting at my desk right now where I study the music, and I am on page 475, and I need to finish this music by getting to page 558. So I'm almost there almost in there. terms of my study process. It is a mammoth task. The music is so detailed. And then I think your question of alignment is, the, is, is such an interesting one. So there are several mechanisms at play that the audience will not even be aware of as we perform the score. The first of which is I wear an earpiece in my left ear, and I have nothing in my right ear so that I can hear the orchestra. In that earpiece is something called a click track. Every single beat of every single measure of the music is assigned a particular click timing that I'm listening to, and I am matching every beat of the music that I conduct to those beats. So if people see me listening to an ear, ear pod throughout the concert, I'm not distracted. It's, that's, that's something that's guiding me. And then if you're you're not listening to the ball game or something, right? <laughs> no, although it is NFL playoff time, so I, you know. Um, but but. Um, the other thing that people can see, especially if they're in the balcony for this concert, is right in front of my music stand is a screen that is showing the movie at exactly the same time the movie is being demonstrated above me for the audience's view on the mega screen. Wow. But what I'm not, what they are not seeing that I am are things that are called punches and streamers. And what those are, punches, it goes back to when films used to actually be done on reels of film. Mm -hmm. They would literally hole punch significant moments and punch just one frame. And the conductor would see that tiny little flash of light and know that that was an alignment point with the music. So that's one aspect of what I'm seeing for further alignment control. And then the final, the third one is called streamers, where they would see white bars going from the left to the right of the screen in time with the music, yellow bars, green bars, and red bars. And each of those has a different meaning for something that I'm supposed to do. Stop here, restart here, tempo change here, point of alignment here, so that you know when the, when the troll swings his club and hits the stones, there's a big crash in the orchestra that matches that exactly, because you'll be able to tell in this movie if I'm doing a good job or not, because we need the alignment to be perfect for all of those moments of incident in the movie. So it's very complicated, but very fun to prepare and learn. I get to live in Hogwarts for a couple months as I get ready for this concert. John, who coordinates all of this? I mean, you've got the, the, the video 
on screen. The movie is being played on the screen, on the Capitol screen. Right. Uh, you've right. got your own video playing in sync with that in front of you. You've got the streamers and the other stuff. You've got the click track going on in your ear. You're waving your magic wand, and everybody <laughs> is performing. Uh, who coordinates all of that? I mean, technically, how does that, get, how does that all come together? Sure. So there are two people that come from outside of Wheeling, and they are the representatives of Warner Brothers, Mm -hmm. who oversee the Harry Potter licensing products. And these are experts. One is a film expert. One is an audio expert. And they are in the back of the hall making sure that the video is running perfectly and the sound is running perfectly. And then I am the third part of that equation as far as coordination. They are making sure that all of the tech is lined up exactly with my gestures. And then once things start, it's all up to me. Do you ever get lost in the click track? I mean, do you like, did your mind ever want you and go, oh, crap, where, where am I now? You know, um, there's two answers to that question. Um, the first is one of the hardest things is that there are 75 different musical cues, and we have to be ready for each of them. And sometimes there's 10 seconds between musical cues, and sometimes there's 10 minutes when there's like a dialogue-heavy scene in the movie, making sure that you don't get lost watching the movie and in this journey that we love so much of watching Harry, Ron, and Hermione go through year one. Um, that is a small danger, and that's a focus issue. The other question of can I get lost with the click track is a very good one because I don't want to be me- mechanical in my approach to the music, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I want to be creating the energy and the ebb and the flow. The click track is metronomic, meaning that it's once it starts, it's very much um, – it's very much – uh, motoric. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is I will go a little ahead or a little behind the click track in order to make the music sound more emotional and, and resonant. But then I have marked in my score all of the places where I absolutely must be exactly with the click track. And if I'm a little behind where the click track is telling me to be, I will speed up ever so slightly to make sure that I land at exactly the right moment. So there is a little bit of flexibility. The click track is more like a guideline. And then I'm watching the movie in my office here as I study so that I know when those moments of complete alignment must happen and then I can assure that that takes place in the performance. Yeah, I, and I'm talking as a layman, not really knowing what I'm talking about, but I, I can ima- I would assume that during... I don't know, stretches of dialogue, as an example, you're, you're, sure. you're playing music, I would call it, for lack of a better phrase, background music. Right. Uh, but at some point, using your analogy, when the, when the, uh, the, the, the uh, troll hits the rock, it's got to go. So you can't afford to screw up that because otherwise people are going to laugh. <laughs> exactly. So those are the types of things that happen. And interestingly, when John Williams conducts the recordings of these soundtracks, he doesn't use a click track. And that's because most of the music from someone like John Williams is actually very much symphonic in its intent. It mm-hmm. creates a mood. It creates a... a, a, a a, a set of themes that we in, associate with the characters of the movie. Like every time we hear the Harry Potter music, we know all of those themes because they seep into our DNA the same way that that happens for Star Wars. Um, so m- 
I would say in this movie, there are like eight moments that absolutely have to be together with the movie. Whereas when I've done other movie scores, um, sometimes those are every single measure of the music has something to do with what's happening on screen. John Williams is more of an atmospheric composer, but in, in scenes like the Quidditch match or at the end of the movie when um, the Ron, Hermione, and Harry are going through the trials to get to the stone, those are the ones that become completely aligned with the music. I, I we should point out this is the first Harry Potter book that you're doing. Correct. Or mo- movie, so I guess. Harry I Potter movie. and the Sorcerer's Stone, right? So it's year one for our favorite trio of wizards, and um, there are eight movies total because the seventh book, which is the final one, was divided into, into two. two movies. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I I hope to the audience I haven't paid too much focus too much on the technique of this, but I just I just find the whole thing unbelievably fascinating how you. Uh, coordinate all of that, and it uh, it certainly is a testimony to you and to the folks who are coordinating it with you to, that it it comes off. And well, I yeah. Well, of course, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to come off, uh, John. But I figured, <laughs> I figured, I figured we're we're pretty, we're pretty good at this. But I will say the other group of people that needs uh, a nod is the musicians of the Wheeling Symphony because we only have two rehearsals together to pull this off because the orchestra is so big. So everyone right now in the Wheeling Symphony is home practicing relentlessly. This score, if I could give you like a zero to 100 of difficulty, is like a 98. It is as hard of music as you can possibly imagine, especially in the strings and the brass. So when you're there listening to the orchestra perform live, you know, when we're watching a movie, we never think, oh, how hard is this for the musicians who recorded this soundtrack? To be able to do this live is an incredibly dynamic thing that these players can do. And it's a marathon. For example, there are only four French horn parts in the score, but we hire six French horns because the two people that are playing the high French horn parts literally cannot physically play the whole two and a half hour movie. need to trade off because their lip would like break if we didn't have that backup support so that's the rigor with which our symphony orchestra is going to be engaged so that we can make this happen live for everybody at the capitol i have to assume this is a a a much in demand show are the tickets still available so i am so happy to report that we are already over 1800 tickets sold in the capitol we predict a sellout and so if people are still wondering if they should go to this concert, the answer is yes. And you should get your tickets now because we can only sell a couple hundred more. And interestingly, we just want to make sure that everyone knows this. Every symphony orchestra concert is typically at 7 or 7.30 p.m. This concert is at 1 p.m. Because oh, we want okay. families with young kids to be able to come and not miss bedtime. So 1 p.m. at the Capitol on Saturday, January 20th, a matinee. Bring the family. There will be lots of pre-concert activities. There will be a costume contest. There will be a photo booth. We'll be able to make sure that you get assigned to the right Hogwarts house and then come see year one uh, of the magical world of of Harry Potter and Hogwarts. We can't wait to share it with everybody. I love Harry Potter. This should be a lot of fun. And uh, uh, some of the the festivities around it sound like it's going to be fun as well. But people should call the Symphony at 232-6191 and get those tickets now because they are uh, in... Becoming quickly in short supply. 
That's correct. And then if you're an internet person, we're at www.wheelingsymphony.com. You can see exactly where your seats will be and pick your own so that you have the best vantage point for the movie. John, I'm running behind time, unfortunately, because I have some other things I wanted to talk to you about. But we will we will reconvene again uh, in the near future, and we'll talk some more. Uh, thank you for joining me today, and uh, look forward to seeing you on the 20th. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks a lot, John Devlin, Devlin the music conductor for the Wheeling Symphony. Uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the first of the Harry Potter. Have you ever read Harry Potter or watched the movies? No, no. not at all. Are, are you a, do you like the worlds of magic and stuff? Or is no, that, I think that's where it loses me. I'm not into wizards and stuff. stuff. No, I can't yeah, do that. Yeah. I did, I've always loved that sort of thing. And it took me a while to get into Harry Potter, but now I'm into it, and I, I, just, I just, just love it. 940, 20 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, let's check into the Ohio Valley Newsroom of WTRF-TV and uh, Taylor Long. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 11th. A traffic update for you this morning. Fish Ridge Road in Marshall County will be closed for core drilling tomorrow from 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. All traffic should reroute towards Reed Ridge Road and Fish Creek Road. The schedule may change due to weather or other unforeseen circumstances. For 29 years, McDonald's has been actively involved in the Making Activities Count initiative, raising over $3.3 million to support local schools. These Make Activities Count, or MAC, grants provide up to $500 for local teachers to use towards educational projects in their classrooms. The 2023 recipients were Carol Hill, Shelley Lynch, and Holly Stillian, all from Moundsville Middle School, along with Wendy Seidowitz from Wheeling Middle. They were presented their awards at McDonald's of Elm Grove and have big plans for what comes next. This program was created in the tri-state area and has since been adopted by other McDonald's across the country. Over the last 29 years, they have raised over $100,000 for Ohio Valley educators. And be aware of a new scam that is circulating in the Ohio Valley. The Belmont County Clerk of Courts wants to clarify that her office is not making calls to demand money. The scammers are apparently believable and people are falling victim to them. In the scam, the caller calls you to show and tell you that you have failed to show up for jury duty. They claim you're in big trouble and they are only two ways to remedy that. You can either report to the county jail or you can immediately pay a $1,500 fine. The number to call is 740-699-2169. They can confirm that you have not missed jury duty and that you do not owe any fines. On Christmas Eve, the Ohio Lottery encountered a cybersecurity breach. They now suspect that an unauthorized third party gained access to their customers' and retailers' information. For more information, you can visit ohiolottery.com security. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. I'm Deepak Kuda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cath Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital WV Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. as well. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70, the top of the hill, the Highlands. Why? 
Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home he has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. She was in the backyard, say it was a little past nine. When a prince pulled up, a white pickup truck. Her folks should have seen it coming, it was only just a matter of time. A plenty old enough, and you can't stop love. 9.45, quarter to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, still no real great surprises in the uh, candidate filings in West Virginia. Uh, yesterday, Governor Justice officially filed to run for the U.S. Senate seat on the Republican ticket. Uh, Bob, so here's the Republican primary. We've got uh, Jim Justice and, of course, uh, Alexander Mooney and Janet McNulty. Who? Uh, Janet McNulty has filed as a Republican in the U.S. Senate. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You mentioned earlier in the show, Howard, that uh, you spotted uh, Wheeling Mayor Glenn Elliott in the crowd. I did see him. Uh, he was uh, proudly sitting right next to Sean Fluarty uh, on the floor of the— uh, uh, of the uh, delegates chamber a lot of things still up in the air howard but if this shakes out kind of like we think it's going to shake out then they're going to be against each other correct who it would be justice running as a republican yeah. and elliot running if, if, as if, if, a democrat well yes except do keep in mind although he hasn't filed yet there is another democrat who's filed uh, zach zach shrewsbury who was with us so uh, mayor elliot would have to win in there the would, primary. Would be a primary but um and I don't know. I mean, I'm I, I am not speculating anything. I think it may just have been that Sean said, "Hey, you want to come be my guest?" But it certainly caught me immediately when I saw the mayor there on the floor. What are you doing in Charleston? In fact, so much so that I went to uh, the Secretary of State's website to double check to see if he had filed for anything, uh, and he has not, or at least I have not seen anything that he's filed for. And I have the I have the up to the minute filings right now, so. Uh, he hasn't filed for anything yet. Um, but uh, coincidence? Uh, honestly, probably yes. Probably he just wanted to. Although I heard through the grapevine, I heard through the grapevine that he was going to tell some people yesterday what his plans were. He didn't tell us, did he? He did not tell me. Well, you know, what I went back for, you know, the State of the Union, the, the, the camera uh, pans the crowd. You always have that embarrassing moment where somebody's rolling their eyes or right. going, oh, Jesus, this is about over. And uh, you and Brad talked about how, how he went on and on and on about all that he's accomplished. I just wonder if there was a camera. Uh, focused on uh, Mayor Elliott, if he was rolling his eyes saying, geez, I had enough of this, Sean. Let's get the hell out of here. I thought about that. I, I, I tell you what else I thought about, because it happened to me twice. Bob Nay and I once, uh, and Bob made national news when it happened to him. Uh, at the State of the Union speech, Bob just ducked out, went to the Dubliner. You know that place. I know that place. That's where I went, too, when I was supposed to be there. Um, 
and I thought about that a couple times. The governor said, well, now I also want to call out uh, Jerry Samelli, who's here as representing this wonderful, fine company. Jerry, where are you? Where are you? And I kept thinking, did he leave? Who? I don't know who Jerry White is, but I kept thinking, did he, did he just scoot on out? Well, I could hear the governor saying, well, hell, there's Glenn Elliott. Yeah, I think he's going to run against me. I thought that. I, I, I kept expecting that. And I want to say to the man goodness. of the wheeling, well, goodness, there, my heavens to sakes, and God, he's, he's out there sitting there. What's he looking at me like that for? But as of this very moment, there is no filing by Glenn Elliott for anything at the state level. Uh, I do not have online access to what's being filed for locally, so I don't know. And again, it could very easily. Mr. Mayor, if you were just there and you were not involved in any political thing, just send me a quick text and tell me that so I'll put to, to, to bed all my speculations. But it's, it jumped out of me immediately when, even before the governor sat down, as they're panning the chambers, whoa. And Glenn stands out because he's a big guy, you know, tall guy with the with the silver hair. And I wait a minute, is that Glenn Elliott? Yes, it was. And they went back to him several times. So, um, but the, uh, so there's not the other the other uh, this was done on the very first day. Steve Williams has already filed for governor, uh, the Democrat from Huntington. Um, he filed the very first day, which I thought was interesting. He has said all along he was going to. He's been on the show talking about it, uh, but he did file uh, for governor as a Democrat. But the three we have three Republicans. Uh, no, that's the Senate race. Excuse me. The, uh, the so far on the governor's race, very quickly, and then and we have to do a break. Uh, Mac Warner was the first person to file. He filed at eight thirty on Monday morning. Then he came right from there to our show. Uh, Mitch Roberts. I don't know. Um, he filed for governor, and Steve Williams filed as a Democrat. And that's what we have at the moment. Again, these are up-to-the-minute filings off of the website. So um, Ryan Weld has filed, and I don't think there's uh, – I think Diane Risenweed, who uh, took the seat uh, that Erica – yeah, Erica Storch's seat. Um, there was somebody else there, Howard. Now I can put the face with the voice. Daly was there. Oh, Dale, yeah, yeah. He was there. Uh, and again, just uh, the first time I talked to Dale, I thought, oh, boy, this might be tough. But he just takes his time. He thinks about what he says. And uh, he, I think he's sharp. And I, I really enjoyed, you know, he kind of gives a little shots without saying, and you say to yourself, did he just give him a shot or yes, not? Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. Uh, Dale is a, Dale's an old country boy. Kinda, he has that sort of, you know, very slow draw. There's one person who texts me every time Dale Lee comes on. Oh, worst interview in the world. That's Dale Lee. You know, he's uh, he's a slow country boy talker. He's got a great sense of humor. Great sense. He is the one who gave me the suggestion for the bumper music you used. He said, Howard, we're going to talk about the 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 session. Melissa Manchester. Baby, I cried when the circus came to town. That wasn't me. That was Dale. <laughs> it was Dale who said, "I'll play that." The circus is in town. Anyway, I do I do not have yesterday's filings locally. I have to try and find those um, to see if anybody else has filed for uh, city council or for the mayor's seat. As of yesterday, Denny Magruder, the only person filed for the mayor's seat, and um, some of the interesting ones included Chris Ham filing for city council and um, Carly Dittmer, who uh, has been a thorn on the side of council members, has filed. Several others has filed as well. But I don't have yesterday's filings. I'll try and get those. Uh, it's 9 before the hour. We have uh, Bob Westfall coming up. El Momento. 
Toyota's national sales event is on, making now the best time to save big at your Toyota dealer. With available APR financing as low as 1.9% on select new 2022 fuel-efficient Camrys, Corollas, RAV4s, and Highlanders. Or go off-road in a rugged Tacoma or Tundra, also with low financing available to qualified buyers. Visit buyatoyota.com for more. Not all buyers will qualify for special APR financing from Toyota. See your dealer for details. Hurry. Toyota's national sales event ends September 6th. Toyota. Let's go places. HP Excavating and Septic Cleaning has been serving the Ohio Valley for 48 years, offering septic, plumbing, repair, insulation, and excavation work. Don't let just any company work on your septic system. Call us today at 304-242-7443. Our number one business is your number two. Motto Mortgage Valor is a locally owned and operated mortgage brokerage where they can shop your loan to multiple lenders with just one credit pull. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a real estate investor looking to expand your portfolio, they have you covered. Connected to a large network of lenders and a vast selection of loan products, they can match your unique needs and qualifications with the perfect loan options available. Unlike banks and retail lenders, they have access to an expansive menu of loan products and credit scenarios to help a wider range of borrowers and investors. Motto Mortgage Valor, offering you more loan products than anyone in the area. Call 304-905-8525. Over the past five years, Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto has helped over 1,500 hardworking Ohio Valley residents obtain financing on the vehicle of their dreams. We have experienced tremendous growth, which has allowed us more financing to further help our fellow residents. From second chance finance to very competitive rates and terms, Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto has it all with inventory to fit everyone's needs. That's Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto, your largest independent area used car depot in the Respects Plaza in Elm Grove. Like us on Facebook, check out our website, mattjonespreowned.com, or give us a call, 304-905-8302. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Six to the hour, Washington Morning Show. Bob Westfall, the Big Seven, coming up in a couple of minutes. Um, I have not had a chance to confirm this or check this out with the Department of Highways, but Jerry Sklavanakis, Wheeling Councilman, uh, posted yesterday, Bob, that uh, the Department of Highways has awarded a contract to repair the road next to Mount Deshano, that bridge road there. They did some work on it the past year, still pretty bumpy and uh, pothole filled, and uh, they're going to replace the concrete on that uh, road from the exit ramp to Perkins. And then all the way down that uh, road, there will have to be some, according to Jerry Sklavanakis' uh, posting, there will have to be some traffic changes there. Oh, panhandling people, pan, the, 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 the panhandlers may have to move somewhere uh, if, the, if that interchange gets changed. Uh, the exit ramp to Perkins Project expected to cause traffic changes. The city and state are still working on them. And Jerry says as soon as the plan is finalized, uh, we will know. So I haven't had a chance to check with the Department of Highways on this. 
Um, but this is from Jerry Sklavanakis, and obviously he's a councilman who has talked to these folks. They are going to do some repair work to that um, road off the Perkins interchange and up past uh, Kroger there by Mount Deshaun. At one time, Howard, that was the roughest stretch of oh. highway. And, and that's saying a mouthful right there because there's holes everywhere, craters everywhere. But if you cross that bridge going over five miles an hour, you would regret it. I, 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 you know, they've at least smoothed it out. Uh, they, they, like, ripped the road up. And then left it that way for like months. I mean, I. I oh, those poor panhandlers had a hard time getting across the bridge, how, Howard. How do I get across this? How, well, at any rate, let's go to. Is it Bob? Bob Westwall is here from the Big Seven WTF TV. Good morning, Bob. Ah, uh, morning, guys. How you doing? Okay, hold on. All my parts are in place. I'm feeling good. Show's almost over. I think I'm gonna go eat something. Oh well, there you go. Well, there's a surprise. <laughs> um, how how art thou this morning? Oh, it's been kind of a crazy morning, but so far so good. We're Cra- doing okay. Crazy as in you got things you're working on? Yeah, people, places, things like that. Um, just uh, just silly things. Um, just getting everybody where they need to go. Uh, a couple stories we're working on uh, today. Uh, we're dealing with. Um, uh, we're going to do. Uh, we did a story on this early one on the anniversary of the McGee uh, murder. Uh, we're going to talk to the podcaster, who is uh, a, the daughter of uh, McGee, uh, the McGee murder victim in Belmont County. Uh, just kind of see what's new on the cold case. So we'll have that. Uh, something else we're doing. Um, uh, CNN anchor this weekend uh, announced that she had uh, stage three breast cancer. We're going to talk to uh, Wheeling Hospital, WU Medicine Wheeling, about uh, the breast cancer uh, symptoms, treatments. Um, things like that. So we've got that today, so we're excited uh, trying to get that word out. Uh, of course, uh, we've got a, unfortunately, we have a fatal accident this morning, Belmont County. A oh. uh, 49-year-old uh, man from Jacobsburg was killed in a single-car accident. Details uh, are on our website, so if you want to check that out, we've got that. And it's that time, uh, again, where uh, it uh, looks like uh, Wheeling will have to, Ohio County will start fighting for the Super Six. Uh, Monongalia County Commissioners have put out a letter uh, supporting moving the games to Morgantown. Um, so that story's on our web as well. Uh, we go through this every few years where they've got a bid and everything like that. Uh, so uh sounds like Morgantown is going to make a move, or at least attempt to make a move on the Super Six. Bob and, and, I, Bob and I talked about that earlier in the year, that this might be the time that somebody will once again put in a strong bid for it. Uh, but based on your story this morning, and I want to talk to Tom Bloom, I'm going to try and track him down. Uh, Morgantown, Montague County specifically, is is actually putting in a bid. They're ready to roll. Yeah, yeah, they're ready to go, they said, yeah. So uh, they're they're excited. They feel like they've got the place, and they should be. Um, and it's up to our people here in Wheeling and Ohio County to kind of counter that one, and we'll see what they come up with. Yep, we will see. I mean, as listen, I think we'll probably keep it. But on the other hand, as Mr. Slider said to me earlier this morning, all good things do come to an end. Yeah, and you know, uh, kids playing in, you know, uh, in uh, in the stadium that the Mountaineers play in. Yeah. That, that yeah, could be that's, something, a, you know? that, that's actually a really good point. All right, yeah. Bob, i got to run on. People can check these things out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30, the region-wide show, always at WTRF.com or with Storm Tracker 7 and the news app, both 
on your smartphone or your tablet. We will talk to you tomorrow to wrap the week up. Thanks a lot, Bob. Appreciate All right, it. guys. Talk to you later. Mr. Slider, tomorrow we will do our usual highlights of the week. We'll talk with... Uh, week talk. went fast, I think. Yeah, this really did go fast. McCabe will be in. He told me he'll be back this week. He has been Good to see John. Haven't seen him for a while. And uh, Bill Bryson is in. And uh, we're going to have a uh, spectator tomorrow as well. Who's that? I mean, he's going to be—he's an author. He's coming in just to watch how we do things. Okay, I'll, I'll maybe won't wear this toboggan then tomorrow, Howard. <laughs> it's ten o'clock. Watchdog Morning Show.